the talk just keeps on coming. Now the world will begin hearing us. This is TalkZone.com. Let's get back to Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Clyde Lavelle on. Let's talk about cheerleading. I know you were a cheerleader. We were talking during the break about Kentucky cheerleaders winning all those NCAA championships. You said that cheerleading down south, it's funded, and that's why they're so good? A lot of times they get sponsorship. Uh, I would go to, as as a Palm Squad member, I'd go to a lot of uh, camps, uh, whether it was high school or college, and the girls from the south always rock. And then I also was in the 1989 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And, again, that was girls from all over the country that were awarded that opportunity. And, again, the girls from the south had a little bit more complicated choreography and dance than the rest of us. The rest of us had all this basic stuff, and you, those girls just rock it. And, yeah, they, they uh, get their sponsorships and stuff down there. So you guys did the yay, yay, shish, boom, ba, and they were doing more pyramids and things like that down south? Flips, dancing, you name it. So what was it like being the Thanksgiving Day Parade back in 1989? Oh, it's hilarious. There were actually, um, the girl that was next to me was from Georgia. She had never seen snow, and it snowed that morning. There were four girls that went to the hospital for frostbite. And it was my first time <laughs> spending the holiday away from my family. But I was there with um, a local friend here. She's in Park Ridge. Her name is Janine. And uh, her and I were captains of the of the squad. And so our squad had won everything at camp. We won best routine, just everything. We, we took everything away. And so because of that, we were awarded the opportunity to be in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So her and I went. We had a blast. They worked us like dogs. It was kind of like every other day. We'd, we'd work maybe a 12, 15-hour day of practicing, practicing. And then uh, the next day, we'd go sightsee in New York City. And uh, we got to go to Hoboken. And, uh, doesn't I think, get any better than Hoboken. Yeah, but. yeah, no, you know, and Scott Bakula. Do yes. you guys know yeah. Scott Bakula? Okay, yeah. so he actually, um, was part of, part of our little dance and stuff like that, so we got to see him. It's cool. Who was the host of the parade that year? Do you remember? Gosh. You were a teenager then, right? I was a senior in high school, yeah. I was a senior in high school. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Lions Township in oh. LaGrange. Okay. Go to LaGrange. My okay. wife's from around there. She grew up in Lions, but she went okay. to, uh, the Catholic school. Nazareth? Oh, uh, I hate men. I hate oh, them. I hate <laughs> My brother went to, um, what is it, St. Joe's? I forget. What's yes. the, yeah, my brother went there for a couple of years. She hates men, so that's why <laughs> she married me. That's a good one. I never heard of that. that. What's that say here? I, I don't think we want to go there. I went to Fenwick where there's no stairs. Okay. <laughs> Back when it was all guys. So did you go to college in the I went area? To, I went to Iowa State University, and I was on... Uh, Wrestling cheer squad there, and then college palms. So you said you're on wrestling. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the wrestling cheer squad. Yeah, I know. And what's that like? The junior varsity? No, mm-hmm. actually, do you know that uh, at that time uh, oh. we were like number oh, three that's or number big six? Time wrestling yeah, in and, Iowa. and I think the worst part of it, just well, obviously in any college, and those college fans when you have the rivals, we you know going to Iowa or even uh, Nebraska, just. Oh man, we we get eaten alive. <laughs> yeah. No, but Iowa Iowa State wrestling was like yep yep because I was number one yeah and yeah we we had a good team so it was a good team to cheer for and exciting exciting meets. So you didn't try any wrestling moves? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> no, that that was after the matches. Let's get right to our next guest, another basketball Hall of Famer. This gentleman didn't win just one, not two. Three championships, one at the NCAA, he won an Olympic gold medal and an NBA championship. He won the 1952 championship with Kansas, the NCAA. 
And he, you know, Elliot, he's the only person to lead the nation in scoring and win an NCAA championship in the same year. All right, let's go right to Clyde Lavella. How you doing, Clyde? Doing fine, thank you. Now, we were just talking with Cliff Hagen, and he said that you were somewhat of a comedian. Well, I used to be there in the locker room to get everything loosened up before we go out and play. Okay. No towel snapping, right? No, no, not nothing like that, no. Any good no, just, just real good, uh, solid uh, humor that, uh, that I felt that I could get myself up and nothing to disrupt as far as the coach was getting, getting us ready to go out, but, you know, Prior to that, things like that. Okay. How did you guys work together? I mean, you had three future Hall of Famers in you, Cliff Hagen, and then you had a guy who wasn't too bad in Bob Pettit. I think the trio that we had in St. Louis was probably, at that time, one of the best trios in uh, in the NBA. And uh, we just, I think we knew our, I guess, our place. And uh, what talent that we had, and what what experience that we brought to the club, and we did not try to outdo one another. We just had our own sort of our own niche that we that we brought to the uh, to the Hawks at that time. Well, I forgot Slater Martin too. Slater was on the ball club, yes, and and we we had a we had a great ball club with you know Easy Ed was there. He was coaching, and Paul Seymour was there, and. We had a, quite a few coaches, but the, the the nucleus of the ball club uh, stayed together. Now, I can remember as a kid watching you hit that one-handed set shot. Nowadays, if you were, those would be three-point shots, right? Yes, yes. Well, I had to do that because uh, after my first year in the NBA playing behind Mike and then when George retired, uh, then I became probably one of the smallest big men in the league because the next year they, they started coming in you know seven footers and six eleven i was only six nine so i figured if i was going to stay in the league i better do something other than uh to my back to the basket and uh so i developed that outside shot and that that brought bob pettit inside it brought cliff inside and so i take the bigger guy outside which made it a lot easier to score on because the guys they're playing against were about their same size. Now, same size. Now, is my memory hazy, or did you do have a vertical leap of about eight inches? Uh, I tell you, I couldn't get off the floor very much. <laughs> I mean, I could dunk it, but back then we couldn't dunk it. But during warm-ups, I've dunked the ball, but uh, it was a chore, and I never developed a real good good leaping ability. But uh, I got position. I, I had my body to, to weed out some of the bigger guys that could could jump over me, and I did well as far as rebounding. Now, did you learn a lot playing with Mike and... Learned a lot as far as uh, the ability to stay alive and what you had to do to uh, to to gain uh, some respect in the NBA because, uh, you know, George was a very physical uh, individual, and during our, uh, our training and, and practice. You know, he worked me over pretty good, and and he told me several times, he said, if you're going to stay in the league, he said, you've got to start uh, being a little aggressive, and not only aggressive, but be to the point of um, uh, sort of roughness uh, in the uh, in the inside. 
I see at Kansas, you had a teammate who went on to be a pretty good NCAA coach, and Dean Smith. Do you ever have you talked to Dean lately? I know he has those health issues going on. He's uh, yeah, he's got some. I haven't talked to Dean for oh maybe a year, and uh, uh, he used to come back when we had uh, the group together, but the last couple of times he hasn't made it back, and I don't know exactly what the health problem is, but I think it's dementia. And uh, <clears throat> so he doesn't come back, but, you know, we always give him, give him our best. But uh, he, was a, he was a great coach even back when we was playing. You could see that he was going to develop into some type of individual as far as a coach. He got along good with the players, and he knew how to, how to work. And uh, I always had a great admiration for for Dean. Now, speaking of coaches in Kansas, <clears throat> what, what happened this year? You know, it seems like Bill Self's pretty good at getting them fairly deep in the tournament, but then stuff usually happens. I mean, he did win a title, but you what? know, uh, you know, the NCAA or any tournament that you go into, and it's one uh, you know one loss, you're out. Things can happen between the time they go to bed at night until the time they get up in the morning, until they get into that locker room and get the get the uh, get the pep talk or the the words from from Bill Self, and in their own mind, uh, they come on the court, and who they're facing has a lot to do the the ability to keep focused, because if I'm I was that good at Kansas and won that many ball games during the course of the season and rated number one, and I'm going against the number 11, and I've got to, I've got to think that that number 11 is just as good as Duke or North Carolina or UConn, Kentucky, any of those players, and come out there with the idea that we're going to take them. But sometimes you come out and you, you, you've won the game before you played the game. I watched the games last week, and you saw Carolina, you saw Florida, close games at the end, and these guys are just jacking up three-pointers, jacking up shots. There's no cohesiveness. It's right. all, all for one. Yeah, and well, it looked like that they wasn't, yeah, they wasn't on the same page. And I, I was really disappointed in watching. And, you know, I, I, on the bench, you know, I was thinking, you know, you could take the guys off the bench, and be that bad with those five starters, you might as well give those other guys a shot at it. But you know that's that's somebody sitting in a, in a in an easy chair and not there on the floor. But if I can't see keep that thing going, I would give some of the other kids that really wanted to to play. And even the twins, I thought didn't play up to their potential. But that's the problem with Roy Williams. A lot of times they said when he was at Kansas that he can't win the big game. Well, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think it's I think it's all mental. You have the ability. You have the horses. But you're just not pulling that the the, uh, the wagon together. And if you don't have every all the horses pulling that so-called wagon, you're not going to have a cohesive team because you need five players that's going to win you can't have a couple of good ones and the other one is be doggish out there on the court 
I have to tap in here. I totally agree with you. Mental strength is everything. I don't care what sport you're in. It's all about your mind. Yes, I think you got to be prepared mentally. If you've got the physical ability, which they have, you've got to have that mindset that we're going out there and kill those guys because we want to move on, you know, and give no quarters. But it just seemed like they just wasn't, uh, you know, they were satisfied just sitting on their loyals and, uh, you know, let that one go by. Were you pissed off at Dean Smith, though? I mean, he was a Kansas graduate. He coached in North Carolina, and then he goes... And he basically grabs Roy Williams from Kansas, brings him to North Carolina. Roy Williams says, "You know what? I gotta, I gotta go to Carolina because of Dean Smith." Yeah, well, you know, there, there was a lot of talk about uh, when uh, when Roy uh, went to uh, North Carolina, and there was a lot of talk about certain players that got Dean to come back to North Carolina, and one that really got whipped was Dean Smith. And I've talked to Dean Smith a lot of times, and he had no, no uh, influence on Roy to come back to North Carolina. Number one, uh, to leave a program like Kansas to go back to a program like North Carolina, you know, that's, that's uh, apples and oranges. You know, Kansas, of course, has got the tradition, and so has North Carolina. But that's his homeschool. You know, he worked with Dean. He played in North Carolina. So it was it was tough for him to make that uh, decision. And I don't – Dean had nothing uh, to do with that uh, decision that Roy went to uh, North Carolina. Thank you very much, Clyde. It was a pleasure talking with you. And in closing, who are you picking to win? You know, He's, he's like still going Butler. with Kansas. I like Butler. I like Butler. and uh, Indiana guy. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, being an Indiana guy, and and I'm, I'm one hour from Indianapolis, and I've watched them, I watched the, that team sort of grow up. And uh, uh, I would personally, just in my heart, I'd like to see them win. But I, but I tell you, that, that little number 11 school, you know, they've been playing awful strong. Team, like you said, if you're a team and you play as a team, you have a great shot of winning. You've got a great shot of winning, and they've got they've got the momentum. Uh, if they just come out on that floor come Saturday, thank we, you. We could see a ter- tremendous game. Exactly. Thank you very much, Clyde. It was a pleasure talking with you. Take care of yourself. Right. Take care. That was basketball Hall of Famer Clyde Lavellet. It was great talking to him. I want to thank our guests today, Cliff Hagen, Clyde Lavellet, and the lovely Nicole Monir Guerrero. Who will be switching into her bikini any moment now. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Again, thanks for listening to Sports and Torts. I'm David Spada with Elliot Harris. Stay tuned next week.